Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This is the Tom Hartman Program. And greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth and justice, believers in peace, freedom and the American way. We've got a lot on the program today. In Mariupol, the Russians are refusing to leave an estimated, well, this is a city of you know hundreds of thousands of people. There are tens of thousands of people still there, maybe even over 100,000. And the Russians are refusing to open a, a corridor for them to safely escape. And now we're hearing reports that they are, quote, willingly firing on the facility in Mariupol where civilians, particularly older and disabled people and children who would have had a hard time fleeing up at this point, where they're hiding out, uh, where they're trying to find safety and protection. No water, no sewage, no electricity for almost two months now. This is brutality raised to the level of genocide. This is a war crime. This is just nuts. Okay, I want to get into the lifting of the mask mandate and mass transit. This is a fascinating story. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Also, how the Democratic leadership is suffering from a serious deficiency of outrage. A geeky science about a new study on how COVID causes micro brain bleeds that lead to dementia and loss of executive function, which is a fancy psychological way of saying the ability to restrain bad behavior. Does this explain Trump humpers who are like out there doing road rage attacks and things? Also a crazy alert. We regret to inform you that Tucker Carlson's new special does in fact promote testicle tanning. Yes, I'll tell you about that. The most homoerotic video ever. And how DeSantis is transforming Florida's education department into the Ministry of Propaganda. We'll get into that. Thomas Lindsay's going to drop by. We have talked with Thomas before about natural areas suing, you know, having rights basically and suing. There's a huge case now down in Florida. It's going to be absolutely fascinating. And also the stain on democracy. Billionaires now owe $4.7 trillion. I'll fill you in on that. But I want to start with this uh, mask mandate. This uh, judge, this federal judge, uh, Judge Mizell, uh, Catherine Kimball Mizell 
was appointed by Donald Trump in, the, uh, in November of 2020, after he had lost the election. The American Bar Association had rated this 33-year-old as unqualified to be a federal judge. And yet, Donald Trump gave her a lifetime appointment on the federal bench. She then ruled that where the law that created the Environmental Protection Agency and the CDC, so this is specific to the CDC actually, the EPA is more, uh, Neil Gorsuch is, uh, you know, he wants to take them on. But when Congress granted the CDC, they gave them the power to uh, take such measures as they deem necessary, in, in the word of the law, necessary, to protect public health, including things like, quote, sanitation. And the CDC has been interpreting sanitation as a mask mandate. And she says, no, 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 I went to high school. Now, keep in mind, she canceled the oral arguments in this case. Both sides' lawyers were prepared to make an argument before her. She canceled that. She said, I, that's okay, I got this stuff. I understand these things. I am an unqualified judge, according to the American Bar Association, but I'll show you. And she said, when the law says sanitation, they're not talking about things like mask mandates. They're talking about bleach. They're talking about the CDC having the ability to, uh, to require hygienic steps. She said, if Congress intended this definition, the power bestowed on the CDC would be breathtaking and it would not be limited to modest measures of, quote, sanitation like masks. She said the CDC could require businesses to install air, air filtration systems. Oh, my God. Could mandate that people take vaccines. <gasps> we see that this is clearly tyranny. And even require people to cough into their elbows and take daily multivitamins. This is the best mind the Republican Party has. So she says, okay, so, so what if you're flying and you're immune compromised? So what if you are flying and you're taking a drug for your arthritis that reduces the efficiency and effectiveness of your own immune system and its response to vaccines? So what if you're flying with children who are too young to be vaccinated? Brooke Tansley tweets, here we are trapped in the sky with our eight-month-old unmasked baby. You can't really put a mask on a baby that young under the supposition that everyone on the flight will be masked and flight 325's flight crew has just taken away our choices from us. We are very angry about this. Um, she says, I'm on a plane with my two not yet eligible for vax kids and the pilot just announced that the manda mask mandate just ended this minute. We don't have the opportunity to make travel choices that fit with our family's vaccination status and risk comfort level. We are trapped in the air. Now, the fact of the matter is that this mask mandate was supposed to expire in two weeks, but you know that could have been extended. This decision by this Trump-appointed single federal judge who took it upon herself to, to lay this on the whole country as if she was the friggin' Supreme Court. She's not even an appeals court judge. She's just a federal district judge who was rated, did I say, did I tell you, unqualified by the American Bar Association. 
but is a big follower of Donald Trump and right wing. I mean, you know, this is crazy. This is just absolutely crazy. How would you respond to this? I'm, I'm like, you know, I was thinking, okay, you know, my, my, my best friend Jerry lives in New York. I was thinking of going out and visiting him. He was thinking about coming out and visiting us. Um, on the assumption that it was relatively safe to fly because you could wear a mask on a plane. One of my kids' uh, parents-in-law are in their 80s. And they came out and visited a week or so ago. Didn't get COVID because everybody was wearing masks. I mean, thank God. Right? But people in their 80s and 90s, do you think they're going to get on airplanes? Do you think the airlines are going to get some blowback? Are they going to get a whole bunch of cancellations now? Or am I just like way out on a limb here? You know, way too concerned about this. Which brings us to our geeky science. This was published first over at dailycos.com by Nova Psyche. Um, it's a, it's a basically a, a new study out of Tulane University down in New Orleans. And they were looking at changes in the brains using things like CT scans and pathology reports from people who, who had died of COVID or other diseases, but had had COVID, and then they just cross-sectioned their brains. And what they found is that even in mild forms or onsets of the disease, even with asymptomatic presentation, in other words, no symptoms, the brain may experience diffuse yet profound insult in the form of innumerable microbleeds throughout the brain. This follows another study that was done in Europe that said that, quote, COVID-19 is associated with a 33-fold increase in pulmonary embolism and a five, you know, uh, blood clots and a five-fold increase in deep vein thrombosis due to blood clotting abnormalities. This from the study at Tulane University, quote, this work reveals neuroinflammation, brain hypoxia, microhemorrhages, and pathology consistent with hypoxic ischemic injury. In other words, strokes that cause a lack of oxygen to part of the brain and kill that part of the brain. Our findings are consistent with those reported on autopsied brain, brains of human subjects who died with SARS COVID-2 infections. I mean, they just basically lay it right out. In logistic, this is from the study, right? In logistic regression analyses, the presence of microbleeds was the only independent predictor of executive dysfunction. Now, what is executive dysfunction? That means the inability to restrain yourself. This is something that happens in the frontal part of the prefrontal cortex. And when it's damaged, this was the, you know, Phineas Gage, the guy who was driving a stake back in the 1860s in the railroads, and this giant railroad stake, you know, for the, for the holding down the rails, flies up and goes right into the middle of his forehead. And suddenly, this very nice guy that everybody liked becomes an ass. And he starts swearing at people and grabbing women's behinds and just doing all kinds of things that normally, you know, people think about, but they restrain themselves from doing. He lost all restraint. So back to the study. In logical regression analysis, the presence of microbleeds from COVID was the only independent predictor of executive dysfunction. Interestingly, in, an, in, an, in individuals with executive dysfunction, microbleeds micro were predominantly located in the frontal lobes and basal ganglia, areas classically considered the neuroanatomical substrate for executive function. 
executive function, again, being you know, our highest functions, our, our thought processes that result in restraint of behavior. These results suggest that microbleeds may actually have a negative effect on cognition, independent of other concurrent vascular lesions. And there seems to be an anatomical correlation between the distribution of microbleeds and the cognitive domains affected, suggesting a direct damage of microbleeds over the tissue as the pathogenic mechanism. It can lead to what they call disexecutive syndrome, which, by the way, is what some people call uh, ADHD in its mildest forms, uh, disexecutive syndrome in its mildest forms. Um, they, they add brain fog. It may, may, lead, may later lead to dementia resembling Alzheimer's disease. If the virus concentrates in the basal ganglia, as has been suggested by the Tulane study, we may see a pragmatic, a dramatic, excuse me, increase in corticobasal dementia as the years progress with symptoms resembling those of traumatic injury to the brain. Brilliant. But hey, if you're on an airplane, if you're trapped on an airplane, the airline says everybody can take their masks off and expose you to their diseases. Not only are we going to see more COVID, we're going to see more flu, we're going to see more RSV. You know, in, in the Asian countries, that I, you know, where I've traveled and worked for years and years and years, Japan, Taiwan, South Korea, I've been to all of them. In, and this was like 30, 40 years ago. During flu season, people wore masks both to protect other people, but also if they had any symptoms at all, they would wear a mask as a sign of respect. We do not have a respectful society in this country. Right-wing ideology over the last 40 years has just turned us all into, hey, me, 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 me. And me, 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 me doesn't want to wear a mask anymore. Who cares how many people get sick? By the way, just to follow up on that, and my question, you know, would you consider flying now? Just a straight up question. I mean, I was seriously considering flying and now I'm thinking, no, no way. I am not going to expose myself to this disease until we've got a better, you know, more just absolutely airtight. Like, you know, the, the measles vaccine means that you're not going to get measles. Right. The mumps vaccine means you're not going to get mumps. The flu vaccine means you got a 50-50 chance. <laughs> if flu is that deadly, I'd be worried about that. The COVID vaccine, again, yeah, you can still get it. In fact, it's better than a 50% chance you'll get it if you're exposed to high levels of it. You just won't get it so badly that you end up in the hospital. Okay, so that, that's the kind of bad news. The good news is that Moderna just published new clinical data that found that they've got this, they got this brand new shot. It is not available yet to the public. The plan is that this vaccine will be available to the public this fall. And they're calling it the um, bivalent booster vaccine, also known as mRNA-1273.214. And bivalent means, you know, bi, two, valent sides, essentially, two, two different types. It's a, it's a dual vaccine. It has the, the kind of normal vaccine, the normal Moderna vaccine against all the previous COVIDs. But it also has a whole brand new mRNA vaccine that specifically targets Omicron and the other, and the other uh, uh, variants that have derived from Omicron. I mean, there's two brand new ones from Omicron that are just now starting to sweep through the, the Northeast. Pittsburgh went into, you know, has reinstated mask mandates. 
They say our latest booster candidate, mRNA 127.213.214, which combines the currently authorized Moderna COVID-19 booster with our Omicron-specific booster candidate, remains our lead candidate for the fall 2022 Northern Hemisphere booster. We believe that this bivalent booster vaccine, if authorized, will create a new tool as we continue to respond to emerging variants. Uh, that sounds like good news to me. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Pat from Seattle, who is currently in Hawaii. Hey, Pat, what's on your mind today? Hey, well, I just got this news. I have to fly out in a few hours. Oh, my. Yeah, from Hawaii back home where I take up my cancer treatment again first thing tomorrow morning oh no and yeah and you know, i use miles to get first class to be further from people i don't go in an elevator with anybody my kids they bring all our food to our patio no using the pool i mean i'm just you know this was this trip was to get together with the grandkids and stuff because excuse me my, my treatment is not going well we're trying to get together you know I'm sorry to well, hear that. Well, now I find out I have to fly all the way home with no masks on me. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just beside myself. Yeah, well, please be sure to wear a KN95 mask, you know, a good mask. Oh, that's that all I've got. I, yeah. I don't even take it off on the street, you know. I mean, it, it's been beautiful to be here and be able to be outside with family and whatnot. But this mask thing in the airplane is... To happen, and you know, obviously, it's not just me. I have absolutely no choice in the matter. I mean, I would not have come if I'd known that this mask thing was going to happen for my trip home. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can thank a Trumpy judge, you know, which yeah. is just insane in and of itself. That that one district judge just altered, you know, all the rules for all of America. And you can't be alone in this. There have to be people all over the country who, who took the chance on flying on the assumption that air, the air was safe and now the air is no longer safe. And uh, I, I just can't imagine what you must be struggling. I mean, you know. Uh, I, am, I, I just, um, I'm, I'm just shaking right now because I, I need to pack and get ready to go. Like, I don't have it, choice. Yeah. Well, and I'm just dreading it. 
I'm I'm sorry, Pat. I uh, you know have a drink and <laughs> before you I'm get in and wear your mask. I'm, ha I'm having a full edible. Yeah, whatever it takes Something to get through it. You know, it's exactly okay. So, well, good luck, anyway. Pat. I, I I wish you the very best, and I'm sorry to hear your situation. Uh, you know, this this is and thank you for the call. This is exactly what I'm talking about. There are literally millions of Americans who are undergoing cancer treatment right now, and some of them are flying. There are tens of millions of Americans who take all those drugs that you see advertised on TV for things like plaque psoriasis and arthritis that are actually immunosuppressants. These diseases, more often than not, are autoimmune diseases where, there, where the body's in, you know, immune system attacks the body's own tissues, producing things like psoriasis or, or arthritis. And so you take a drug that downregulates your immune system. And, you know, the, if you read the fine print that comes with these drugs, it's all about, hey, you know, be sure to notify your doctor if you're taking a vaccine. You may have to stop the drug for a week before you take the vaccine, um, you know, or the vaccine may cause a different kind of, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's, uh, I'm not a physician and I'm not trying to offer medical advice here at all. But this is, this is a reality for tens of millions of Americans, not to mention all the people in their 20s, 30s, maybe even their 40s, who have children under five years old who can't get vaccinated. And they're stuck now in some other city beyond where they live and having to get on an airplane thinking that they had a two week grace period before the mask mandate. I mean, this is, this is crazy. Willow in Mahalan, Oregon. Hey, Willow, thanks for watching Free Speech. What's on your mind today? First off, Tom, I love you and your team. Thank you for everything you do. Thank but you. I just wanted to share a story we just recently celebrated my nephew's first birthday out here on the coast. There was about 11 of us. We got together. We're all vaccinated, boosted. You know, we, do, we played our part to, to be safe leading up to this gathering. We had our weekend together, separate hotels and places we live. I live out here. Anyways, we interacted with each other amongst throughout the weekend, had the one-year-old's birthday party. Well, one of my friends traveled for work recently for to austin texas flew on a plane he came back got his fourth booster because he's has type 1 diabetes mm. well anyways he tested twice for covid uh two antigen tests at home before he came and gathered with our group well he came home on sunday and got a positive antigen test oh no uh yeah so unfortunately there's 11 of us all together he gave it to six of us Wow. in that group including myself so i guess my point is <laughs> it's still out there it's real i'm still suffering from it i had to miss an entire week worth of work my friend had a worse entire week worth of work um you know our group is midwives and <laughs> doctors and as well as uh, physical therapists i'm a servant of the state i just want to put an exclamation part that it's it's still, still out, out there, there. No, it's just not only is it now that we all, unfortunately, you know, gave it to the majority of our group, it's a complete inconvenience to everybody having to reschedule, you know, all their time. I've had to be isolated in my room with N95 anytime I leave my my room so I don't mm -hmm. infect the rest of my family. You know, it completely disrupts everybody else's schedule. And the unfortunate side of it, one last point, is that it's uh, when I let other people know the mentality is Oh, it's uh, at least it's not that bad anymore. It's kind of like a bad cold or allergy symptoms. No, I had a fever of 103 for three days. I was sick. 
so is multiple my friends. Not only did my one-year-old nephew get it, but my friend's eight-year-old daughter, or son, excuse me, got it, and, you know, with a group of us, uh, six out of that 11. Wow. So it's it's contagious, <laughs> it's real, and I just wanted to put that. And you're vaxxed and boosted, and you still had a 103-degree fever for three days? Yes, sir, Team Moderna. Two right. vaxxed and a booster, and yep. I don't think I've ever had a 103 degree fever in my life. I remember 101 and 102 degree fevers with the flu and I felt like I was going to die. I mean, what's a 103 degree fever like? It's terrible. I sweated through all my clothes, all my sheets. I mean, I had to basically, I, I couldn't leave my bed for, for three days, just lots of fluids. It's terrible. You know, the chills, you're, you're just cold, but you're sweating. It was absolutely miserable. And I still have really severe fatigue and coughing fits. Oh, my. Um, it's just, you know, I'm, we are all a relatively young group of people as well, healthy, active. Yeah. It's contagious. And I just wanted to. Yeah. Willow, <laughs> thank you. Story, so. Thank you for your testimony. Thanks, I want to testify. Thank you for your testimony. It's great to hear from you. I wish you well. And I hope you, I hope you recover fully. I got to run. Thank you, Willow. Wow. Teresa in Augusta, Georgia. Hey, Teresa, what's up? Hey, I am trying to pull myself together after that last call because that was the reason why I want to comment today. I truly do not understand how it is legally possible for one judge to, without any argument, any testimony, any expert opinion to right. make a, 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 a ruling that consequential. I mean, I, oh gosh, I feel so bad for this lady. Yeah, she, she, she canceled the oral know. arguments. This, this, this 33-year-old judge that That's the ABA said was unqualified and Donald Trump put on the bench after he lost the election. And, uh, and, and Republicans rubber-stamped her. All the Democrats voted against her. And, but the Republicans controlled the Senate at that point in time. And he put her on the, on the bench, and she was like, yeah. Here's how it works. Back in 1803, the Supreme Court, in a decision called Marbury versus Madison, decided that federal courts can, can rule on whether a law passed by Congress or a behavior of uh, an, an executive branch agency, in this case the CDC, uh, whether that is constitutional or not in the opinion of a judge. So a district judge like this rules, then the government, who she ruled against, would have to appeal that ruling. They would have to immediately appeal it to a federal appeals court. And I believe she's in Florida. So I, I think that's the, either the Fourth or Fifth Circuit. It's, uh, it, it's one or the other. I think it might be the Fifth Circuit um, down south there. So it would have to get appealed to that court. Now that court, both the Fourth and the Fifth Circuits, the two Southern Circuits, main Southern Circuits, have been heavily, heavily uh, infiltrated by or, or populated by, let's say, you know, Trumpy judges. I mean, this is this is something that Trump oh, did. Yeah. And and yeah. and yeah, and so you know that has to happen. And the, and the debate is right now in the Trump administration: Do we appeal this? Not so much because we want the mask mandate to go back into effect today, although they, that could be one of the outcomes. But also because, you know, the, the news media are all showing people cheering on airplanes, right? So uh, because I, I think, you know, people on airplanes are probably more likely to be Fox News viewers who don't care about these issues than people who have, you know, the serious concerns, like our last caller. 
Um, so the, in all probability, the Biden administration is not going to try and pick a fight. They're just going to let this go into effect. But I think it does need to be appealed just to just to just to get back to this issue of whether the CDC's authorization authority to enforce sanitation is limited to to wiping things down with bleach or whether that also includes sanitary measures like wearing masks. It's just it's just nuts. I mean, it's just absolutely I get nuts. It. Well, uh, no, you know, it, I what what people need to be these these people need to be held accountable for their disasters. Yeah. Well, and, and the place to hold them accountable is at the ballot box this November. I mean, this the, the opportunity is coming. Teresa, thank you very much for the call. Mike in Lameda, California. Hey, Mike, you have thoughts on how to fly safely and not get COVID? Hey, Tom. Yeah, and uh, I was prompted by the call from Pat, the caller who's uh, in Hawaii and is returning home to resume some cancer treatment. And while I don't know the specifics of what sorts of masks she's using, there are certain ways to maximize the effect. Generally, there's a nose wire, and that should be fitted or refitted. Right, so bend it down so seal. it fits around your nose safely. Yeah, Got Right. It. The mask should be pouched in, drawn in when you inhale from mm -hmm. the sides so right. that the air is coming in through the filtration. Yep. Right. And it doesn't hurt to double mask. It increases the efficacy. I don't have the stat at my fingertips, but it would seem to be increasing your chances for avoiding contamination. And that judge you quoted, I think she must have got her biology instruction from uh, Tucker Carlson because she's talking about the uh, mandate for sanitation mm -hmm. in the CDC's uh, legislation. Well, you know, in pulmonary medicine, there's a term called the pulmonary toilet. And I don't think it's very sanitary to be breathing in somebody else's effluent from their pulmonary toilet. So I, I don't know quite Meaning how she's... your breath, uh, right? Well... Because your breath, your body expels toxic material, not just through urine and feces, but also through your breath and sweat. Right. I mean, these are all excretory well, organs. Yeah, not the gases so much as as the uh, little wet particles mm -hmm. that uh, carry uh, viruses and uh, right. in some cases bacteria. So that you know, it seems a very off the wall sort of thing. What you, I heard you reading that. And yeah, this is remember, this is this is what she's saying is that the CDC's power is to require people to use bleach to to disinfect surfaces, but not to wear masks. Basically, that's what she said. That is not only bad science, it's bad language. Yeah. But in any event, remember there used to be a time when people were allowed to smoke on airliners and they had smoking and non-smoking sections. Why couldn't the airlines do uh, masked and unmasked sections on these flights? Oh, that's an idea. That's a real interesting one. I doubt it'll catch on, but even during flu season, that would be an idea. Mike, I mean, this, like I said, you know, you travel in Asia, and I've done this extensively. I have worked, I have lived in Asia, and people wear masks when, you know, during flu season, just as a matter of common courtesy. You're listening to Tom Hartman. How can Democrats destroy the MAGA movement? Frankly, I think it's going to take Democratic outrage. And there's a story here that I think is really important. You look at the difference in the response between Republicans who are hysterical that Hunter Biden made three million bucks being on the board of a, of a corporation because of his daddy's name, 
and Jared Kushner, who couldn't even get a security clearance, steering American foreign policy to give millions of dollars worth of weapons to Saudi Arabia after Congress voted no, and covering up for the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, and then taking $2 billion for it, and the Saudis also given Steve Mnuchin a, million, a billion dollars, and God only knows how much money they gave Donald Trump and his stashed in his money bin overseas. Congress isn't investigating it, neither is Department of Justice. We'll probably never know. So why is it that Republicans tolerate breathtaking levels of corruption and criminality among their elected representatives and cronies, but Democrats won't? I would argue that the reason why is because Republicans, by and large, have bought into the authoritarian mindset. And in the authoritarian world, when the authoritarian leader actually breaks the law, that makes authoritarian followers feel safer because they think that that authoritarian leader can manipulate the law to their benefit, ultimately. And this was the hallmark of the Trump administration. And breaking the law is like, you know, this, this is what we do. This is what we're proud of. So how do you break the bond between authoritarian followers and authoritarian leaders? You have to take down the authoritarian leaders. You have to point out their crimes. You have to hold them accountable for their crimes. You have to strip them of their power and ideally, you know, throw them in jail. And if Democrats fail to do this, if they fail to follow through on this with Donald Trump, this is going to get a hell of a lot worse. And the neo-fascist authoritarian movement in this country is going to take flight like you never saw before. And if Democrats do hold Donald Trump to account, and he does have to pay for his crimes, then you're going to see the MAGA movement shatter. And it's going to be a real challenge for, for Ron DeSantis, who wants to be the next MAGA president. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, this absolutely bizarre crazy alert. This is our crazy alert for the, for the month. Tucker Carlson 
has a new special coming up on Fox News. He's released a trailer to promote it. And he's promoting testicle tanning. This is the most bizarre video I think I have ever seen. This, this trailer that's out there on, on the internet. Uh, it, it's on Twitter. And, I mean, testicle tanning, really? He, it's, it's all about, you know, the end of men. Right, because we need more manly men, you know, like Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson. You know, big, puffy, white, doughboy men. That's what is going to save America. Okay, enough of that. <laughs> People watching on TV who saw that clip are probably spitting their coffee out right now. I want to talk about Ron DeSantis, too, though. How Ron DeSantis is transforming the uh, Department of Education in Florida into the Department of Propaganda. This is what dictators do. Ron, Ron DeSantis is the guy right now who is vying to replace Donald Trump as the first actual dictator of the United States. Trump tried. He got us maybe a third of the way there. And Republicans now in state after state are changing election rules and changing the laws so that what Trump tried can actually be done in the 2024 election. That actual votes can be thrown out or overruled by states. That states can you know, block people from voting or remove them from voting rolls based on how they voted in the past or where they live. I mean, all these kind of things. And now you've got DeSantis coming along, and I'm, I'm, I'm warning you, I'm telling you, he is the guy who, if the Republican Party continues its, its love affair with autocracy, if CPAC continues with their plans to have their next big convention in Hungary and have Viktor Orban, the dictator of Hungary, be their, their keynote speaker, if, if, the, if Republicans continue to vote against any kind of support for Ukraine. Hell, we had six Republicans who voted last week against collecting and recording evidence of war crimes in Ukraine. If we continue down this road, DeSantis is gonna be the guy. And, and here's, here's some of the evidence of it. Number one, he just published his Department of Education, which is supposed to be the Department of Education, just came out with this press release in all caps, the headline, Florida rejects publishers' attempts to indoctrinate students. And they're claiming that 41% of, of the textbooks in our schools are unacceptable to us because they contain critical race theory and, and sexual content that's inappropriate. We're talking math textbooks here. Now, weirdly, they have not released the names of any of these textbooks, and I think it's because it's just BS. But what has, what has been the result of 20 years of Republican control in Florida? Florida now ranks number two in the nation in mass shootings, number one in the nation in privatized, in toll roads. In tax fairness, they're 45th in the nation. In benefits to helping folks who lose their jobs, they're 47th in the nation. With access to health care, they're 41st in the nation. And they've got a, some pretty grim competition in those regards. And now, because the politicians, the Republican politicians who control Florida, would not 
expand Medicaid, would not uh, raise the minimum wage, would not allow felons to vote. The people of Florida got together, got these things put on the ballot, and all three of those things that I just named passed. Now, after the, after the people voted to give felons the right to vote, ex-felons, you know, people who have served their time and they're back in society, after the people voted for that, the Florida legislature got in there and started tinkering with it and, and blowing it up. Well, now uh, Ron DeSantis just signed into law a new law that makes it functionally impossible to do ballot initiatives in Florida anymore. The people keep saying, oh, we want things the Republicans don't want. And the Republicans are like, no, no, we're in charge. You don't get it. What are you missing about autocracy? What is it you don't understand about oligarchy? What is it you don't, you know, what, what part of I'm the dictator here, when Ron DeSantis essentially says that in code, what part of that are you missing, Florida residents? And now, of course, the new thing is they're, they're all trying to destroy, destroy public schools. Why? Because public schools teach people to think. And because public schools have teachers who are members of unions. Oh, my God. And so we've got these slanders that are being promoted against teachers. Oh, you know, they're just in the business so they can hang out with those children, you know. I mean, this is, this is obscene what they are doing, these Republicans. This is not going to end well. Can you see if, if DeSantis becomes president, can you see any other outcome than America becomes Hungary or Russia? What am I missing? On the line with us is our old buddy Thomas Lindsay. He's the senior legal counsel for the Center for Democratic and Environmental Rights, C-D-E-R. The website is centerforenvironmentalrights.org and Rights of Nature is the Twitter handle. Thomas, you're at it again. You've got uh, Lake Mary Jane here in uh, Florida. Tell me about this. Yeah, it never ends, Tom. Thanks for having us back again. The sure. first lawsuit has been filed in Florida to enforce the Rights of Nature law that Florida voters in Orange County, Florida passed by an 89% vote uh, back in November of 2020. And as we talked about last time, that initiative in Orange County, which was passed by that large margin of voters, provided both for rights for waterways, so illegally enforceable rights for rivers, streams, marshes, and bogs within Orange County, but also provided an enforcement mechanism for any resident of the county to bring a lawsuit to enforce those rights. And that's exactly what happened in April of last year when the first lawsuit was filed, first rights of nature lawsuit in the United States filed to enforce the rights of those waterways against a proposed 1900 acre commercial and housing development that's slated to fill in and destroy about 100 acres of wetlands and waterways within the county. It's pretty so amazing. Pretty yeah, Orange County is uh, Orlando, isn't it? I mean, this is like one of the most populous counties in Florida. 1.5 million people in Orange County makes it the fourth largest county in Florida and also the 30th largest county in the United States. Wow. And yet the people of that county said, yes, nature should have rights here. Are you expecting that the state is going to try and override this or overrule this? Or So you are going into court and you are saying on behalf of this lake, using the cover of law or whatever the phrase is provided by this voter referendum, this lake has rights. Those rights are being infringed upon by this development. Stop the development. Do I have that right? 
Yeah, it's completely right. And the lawsuit is not just against the developer to stop the development, but against the state of Florida to stop it from issuing a permit or maintaining a permit for the project. Right. And what court is this being litigated in? I'm assuming a state uh, court? It's in a state court in, in Orange County. So what will be the issues? Do you expect the county or you know your opponents, shall we say, the developer, do you expect that they're going to come in and say, oh, come on, this, this law that these people passed isn't any good? Or are they going to try and argue some other merit on their side? Yeah, so two big things to know about the case, and they're both connected, is that the state and the developer have filed a motion to dismiss to try to get rid of the lawsuit. And next week, that motion to dismiss is being heard in that Orange County court on April 26th. And the grounds for uh, dismissal, the arguments for dismissal, are, are basically premised on this state law that the DeSantis administration and the legislature passed and signed back in 2020 to prohibit any cities, towns, villages, counties within Florida from passing additional rights of nature laws. So basically they're contending that the people of the county of Orange don't have the authority to enforce the law that they passed due to the actions by the state legislature and by the governor there. Do you think that they'll prevail? We don't know. It's the first time a counter argument has been made to preemption, basically arguing that the state legislature acted unconstitutionally and illegally in attempting to foreclose the passage of these uh, rights of nature laws by Florida municipalities. There have been a bunch of towns and, and counties and communities around the country that have tried to pass laws to ban, for example, uh, what are they called, like KIFAs or something, you know, the, these high intensity or high density farming operations, the factory farms they're generally referred to. And the preemption laws have generally been upheld, have they not? Yeah, that's generally the way it's been, which is the supreme authority of state legislatures, which, as we all know, are basically run by the largest industries in the state, right. kind of superimposing that value system on municipalities and communities who are trying to pass these uh, rights-based laws. So if the court rules that the state law does have supremacy in this case, and therefore, what kind of appeal do you launch? Or am I getting well, ahead of myself here? Yeah, there are plenty of appeals that can be brought from the ruling of the higher appellate courts. But also, it's important to understand that there's two parts to the Orange County law. One is a human right to clean water, which doesn't right. exist almost anywhere in the United States, this human right to clean water, mm -hmm. but also the rights of nature piece, which is in there. So there's a good chance that part of it gets upheld, other parts don't. But also important to remember that the Florida Constitution is one of the few in the U.S. that recognizes a new right to a clean environment in the text of the state constitution. So in terms of a municipal law being authorized by a state constitutional provision, Florida is one of those places, one of the few places that has that provision in place. And that may actually be the point that the judge relies on to uphold this local law. That's fascinating. I, you know, I could walk out on this stuff all day long, but I, I don't want to put people to sleep. I am wondering, though, uh, Thomas Lindsay, if somebody, uh, you know, in some other part of the country outside of Orange County, Florida, is concerned about development and, and or simply wants to become an advocate for the rights of nature. How do you do that? You know, short of hiring a lawyer. I mean, what what is the path of activism here? So about three dozen communities in the United States have passed these rights of nature laws, which recognize these human rights, civil rights protections for ecosystems, including waterways and forests and those types of things. You don't need a lawyer to begin the process. Most uh, communities in the U.S. have access to a ballot initiative 
where they can uh, draft an initiative with our help and then go out and collect signatures and actually put it on the ballot for a popular vote by people within the community. So we do trainings, we do conversations with communities, we actually help them draft. We have a sister group now that helps with campaigns, on the ground campaigns to get these things passed. So if anyone's interested in you know, taking the work in Florida and, and anchoring it someplace else, we're more than happy to help with that. So go to centerforenvironmentalrights.org. Do I have that right? Yeah, and at any time, there are about two dozen campaigns across the U.S. for rights of nature laws. Now, uh, I think the piece I read in the New Yorker suggested that your lawsuit in, in Orange County, Florida, was the first on behalf of an inanimate object, that is, you know, a, a lake. I, I thought I remembered that you had done something on behalf of a lake or a wa body of water up in Ohio and that there might have been others. But, you know, basically they said that in the past it's mostly been endangered species and things like that that have been protected. Is there a distinction between animate and, and inanimate in the law? Well, we yes, in the law currently, we see nature as very much being animated, not inanimate, but that's the difference between Western system of law and indigenous systems of law. There are currently three cases, uh, three enforcement cases pending. One is the Florida one. The other two are indigenous. One was brought by the wider band of the Chippewa in Minnesota to defend their rights of wild rice law, which we helped them write several years ago. And the third one deals with the Sauk Suatl tribe in Washington state who's filed a legal action in the name of salmon against hydroelectric dams on the Skagit River. So that's an interesting case, too. Wow. Okay. So keep an eye on all this stuff. You can track it down at centerforenvironmentalrights.org, Rights of Nature on Twitter. Thomas Lindsay, the senior legal counsel for the Center for Democratic and Environmental Rights, CDER. Thomas, thank you. Thank you so much for dropping by today. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate these updates, and it's good to keep up on what you're doing. Stain on democracy, the billionaires in tax day. We'll talk about that right after the break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, the country's 735 billionaires have seen their collective wealth grow. This from a piece over on CommonDreams.org by 62% over the past two years, while workers' earnings have grown just 10%. Franklin Roosevelt had some thoughts about this back in the day. Taxes, after all, are the dues that we pay for the privilege of membership in an organized society. And as society becomes more civilized, government national and state and local is called on to assume more obligations to its citizens. The privileges of membership in a civilized society have vastly increased in modern times. But I am afraid we have many who still do not recognize their advantages and want to avoid paying their dues. There you go. And in now in new calculations by Oxfam America, U.S. billionaires now own a combined $4.7 trillion in wealth. 
most of which, much of which goes completely untaxed. The 25 richest people in the United States paid a true tax rate from 2014 to 2018, last years that we have the numbers for, of 3.4%. On the one hand, there has been a vast majority of citizens who believe that the benefits of democracy should be extended and who are willing to pay their fair share to extend them. And on the other hand, there has been a small but powerful group which has fought the extension of these benefits because it did not want to pay a fair share of their cost. There you go. And uh, by the way, looking at attempts to raise taxes on rich people, uh, there is a tax proposal that has passed the House that would have uh, raised 500, excuse me, $252 billion in additional federal revenue. It has been blocked by Republicans. Joe Biden's Build Back Better bill, which was blocked by every Republican in the United States Senate, plus Manchin and Cinema, would have uh, just cost $175 billion. That money would have been raised out of those billionaires from their $4.5 trillion, $4.7 trillion in wealth. Um, Elizabeth Warren's wealth tax proposal would have yielded $113 billion just this year, which is enough to fund an extension of the uh, child tax credit, boost affordable, uh, excuse me, uh, to, to fully fund affordable child care, and to fully fund the soon-to-expire free school lunch waivers. Our present emergency and a common sense of decency Make it imperative that no new group of war millionaires shall come into being in this nation as a result of the struggles abroad. The American people will not relish the idea of any American citizen growing rich and fat in an emergency of blood and slaughter and human suffering. Bet you never thought an American president would ever say something like that. Well, he did. Senator Ron Wyden's plan to tax billionaires' unrealized capital gains would have raised $56 billion this year. That would be more than enough to cover paid sick leave, $10 billion, family medical leave, $20 billion, as well as uh, affordable child care to allow more mothers and caregivers to return to work while absorbing the crushing cost of care for young families, $24 billion. But you would think to hear some people talk that those good people who live at the top of our economic pyramid are being taxed into rags and tatters. But what is the fact? The fact is that they are much further away from the poorhouse than they were in 1932. And you and I know that as a matter of personal observation. There you go. There you go. So Oxfam found that the $63 billion a year here in the United States in corporate tax revenue that has been proposed for this global minimum tax. Joe Biden has signed off on this. The United States is all in on this. This came out of a U.N. meeting. Now, that $63 billion would have uh, allowed us to have tax credits for clean energy, uh, $11 billion, cutting carbon emissions with tax credits for consumers and companies, $32 billion, fund our critical public health needs, including global COVID health needs, $5 billion, covering the uninsured for COVID vaccines and testing, $1.5 billion, expand Medicare for hearing, $8.9 billion, and closing the Medicaid gap, which would be $6 billion. A number of my friends who belong in these 
very high upper bracket have suggested to me on several occasions of late that if I am re-elected president, they will have to move to some other nation because of high taxes here. Now, I will miss them very much. And I would like to remind you that Franklin Roosevelt raised the top tax rate to 91%. And as a result, and it, and it stayed there right up until the 1960s when it was dropped down to 60, 60, uh, down to 74%. And then, you know, and it lasted there right into the second year of the Reagan administration when Reagan dropped it down to 25%. And then it went back up to 28% the next year. And what came out of that 91% tax rate and the 74% tax rate? The biggest boom, the biggest, the period of the greatest prosperity in the history of the United States for the middle class. Right now, we have the greatest prosperity in the history of the United States for the top 1%. But what that top tax rate brought us was the, the, the greatest prosperity in the history of our country. The first time that we had a middle class that achieved that more than 50% of Americans were in the middle class. It's back down to 45% right now. But it was as high as 60% in 1980 when Reagan came into power. 60, I believe it was 62% of Americans were in the middle class. Like I said, we're down now to 45%. 40 years of Reaganomics has just gutted it. And it all started with Reagan's tax cuts, which then got doubled down on by George W. Bush with the Bush tax cuts that then got doubled down on by, by Donald Trump with the Trump tax cuts. And we don't need to just re, you know, repeal the Trump tax cuts and the Bush tax cuts. We need to repeal the Reagan tax cuts if we want to have a prosperous nation. I'm not saying we should go back to a 91% tax rate, but I think a 74% top tax rate Keep in mind, you know, you and I would never pay that. It's only paid on those dollars that are earned above a certain amount. We need it. Tom in North Hollywood, California. Hey, Tom, what's on your mind today? Hey, Tom, first off, we the people are supposed to be the government, and we must never forget that. That's the uh, theory. Second, I am a proud FDR Democrat, and um, I know some people think that FDR is long and gone, but I think the Democrats need to bring back FDR and do just what you do every single day, which is talk about his actual policies and become that type of person. Not a, not a Bernie crack, because Bernie didn't win four elections, but FDR did win four presidential elections yeah. with, uh, the way he did it. Second, I'm not saying uh, you know that uh, this Tucker Carlson is a gay man or anything like that. But I got to tell you, Tom, he's got probably one of the most homoerotic videos I've seen on video in quite some time. So I don't know if the new thing with Florida is that they just call it bro therapy, which is the new gay <laughs> bro therapy. or what, but uh, that's what they're calling it. They're calling it bromeal therapy. Yeah, this uh, is this is the testicle tanning that you're talking about. The the, the, the Tucker yeah, Carlson was advertising. Yeah, that, it's all over Twitter right now. And a bunch of guys getting together to spend time with each other to actually increase their masculinity somehow, I guess. But yeah. uh, as a gay man, like I said, I saw the video and I was like, wow, this is pretty uh, 
pretty good. You um, wonder if this like, is the conservative version of, uh, you know, basically kind of trans people and things. I mean, um, people who are not Republicans who don't feel comfortable identifying as a straight male um, have other options. But if you're a Republican and you're supposed to hate trans people and you're supposed to hate gay people and, you know, all that kind of stuff, then then what do you do? I guess I guess you get together with Tucker Carlson, you know, with another kind of, you know, doughy uh, white boy and uh, uh, what? Get naked and, and show off your muscles and, and put your testicles in a in a big, bright light contraption of some kind that's supposed to tan them. I mean, I'm, I'm not making this stuff up. You got to if you if you if you're listening to me right now, and you don't know what I'm talking about. You got to check out this this video that Tucker Carlson has put out. It's just it's all these chunky guys, you know, with big, you know, muscles and stuff and hanging their testicles into this machine that lights them up. And I mean, it's bizarre. Yeah, like I said, I mean, you know, myself as a gay man, I, did, I kind of appreciated the video when I made it. Um, <laughs> but for go. a straight man, I don't know if he's, if they're watching this and they're getting, you know, some type of testosterone uh, jump from it or whatever, then I think they might want to check their own orientation. Well, that's my point. And- Tom, thanks a lot for the call. It's always nice to hear from you. Ronald in uh, Outlander, North Carolina, says you want to disagree with me, Ronald. What did I do wrong this time? Well, we're not ever going to agree on politics, but you said you don't like to discuss the Bible, but you said in the New Testament it doesn't say anything about homosexuality. No, I said Jesus. Well, I meant to say Jesus doesn't say anything about homosexuality. I believe that there's a reference that Paul made in Corinthians, but Jesus had nothing to do with that. Well, it's supposed to be God's words. Well, I'm happy with listening to Jesus' words. I'm not all that certain that what Paul had to say was inspired by God. Well, they always say the truth's in the Bible. I mean, people well, try to say the Bible's a lie, but it's not. It is the truth. So you think that people who have extramarital affairs should be put to death? Well, you think no, that children who talk be, back to their parents should be put to death? The Bible explicitly says that. It's in Deuteronomy it, it, or Leviticus, one also, or the other. It also says in that same thing that you, you can be forgiven of that stuff. But you Yeah, after, after you've died. <laughs> Come on, well, no, Ronald. No, no, if you believe the Bible literally, you're going to kill your children if they talk back to you. It absolutely is. It's part of the Ten Commandments. I mean, literally, it's part of the Ten Commandments that you must put your child to death if they speak back to you. Ronald, I got to run. Arguing the Bible. I don't know. I've only read it four times. I, anyway, I'll, it's a conversation for another time. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. In the meantime, don't forget democracy is not a spectator sport. It requires all of us. Whether you agree with me or not, get out there, get active, tag, you're it. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. Tag your end. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.